Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 23rd of April. And we start this morning's episode with more disturbing details about the ongoing domestic violence crisis in our country. And a warning, these following stories are confronting. Firstly, in South Australia, investigations are underway after a father and daughter died in a murder-suicide. 38-year-old Henry Shepherdson jumped from the whispering wall with his nine-month-old daughter, Kobe, strapped to his chest. The wall is a popular tourist attraction in the Barossa Valley, and the horror incident was witnessed by many bystanders who desperately tried to save the little girl's life. Here is South Australia's Assistant Police Commissioner, Ian Parrott. The bravery, the um, compassion, um, I think that those people showed um, to help Kobe at the time um, is immeasurable. Authorities say Shepherdson had a history of domestic violence and was in court just hours before the murder-suicide, asking for more contact with his family. Meantime, in Queensland, the family of a mother of three, allegedly murdered by her ex-partner, says she had made numerous pleas for help to police before her death. 27-year-old Kelly Wilkinson died on Tuesday morning after allegedly being set on fire in the backyard of her Gold Coast home as her three young children were inside the house. Here's Kelly's sister, Danielle Carroll. I'm scared for my life. I'm scared for my children's life and we're not safe. And she was saying this to the police over and over. It's been revealed Kelly's ex-husband, Brian Earl Johnston, was in breach of a domestic violence order at the time. Queensland police have admitted they failed to protect Kelly and an internal review has now been launched. If you or anyone you know needs help or support, you can call 1800RESPECT. That number is 1800 737 732. To other news now, and there are concerns a lack of confidence in the AstraZeneca vaccine has seen a major increase in Australians cancelling their appointments to get the jab. It follows concerns both here and overseas about the vaccine's possible link with rare blood clots. Here's New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard. What we have seen is a fairly uh, dramatic drop-off in the number of people who are in the health system coming forward for the AstraZeneca um, jab. In fact, we've seen approximately 70 to 80% of less people showing up for their appointments. Meantime, in a major reset of the country's COVID vaccination rollout, the AstraZeneca vaccine will be fast-tracked for those aged over 50 next month. While Prime Minister Scott Morrison has also confirmed direct flights from India to Australia will be reduced by 30% as COVID numbers continue to spike in the country. And in breaking news this morning, India has reported a new record high of more than 332,000 new daily COVID infections with 2,365 deaths. The PM says Australians will be granted fewer exemptions to go to those high-risk countries. We will also uh, be limiting the departure exceptions uh, for Australians travelling two high-risk countries, and that the one we're nominating at the moment, and there will be others, and we'll be working through that over the course of the next week uh, to India. 
Also making news this Friday morning, the US president has used his virtual climate summit overnight to call on other wealthy nations, including Australia, to step up and play our part in reducing emissions. Joe Biden has committed to halving America's emissions by 2030 and hopes other countries will follow suit. He is the US president. Because scientists tell us that this is the decisive decade. This is the decade we must make decisions that will avoid the worst consequences of the climate crisis. Our Prime Minister Scott Morrison didn't make any new commitments to meeting more ambitious targets, saying it's not important about when, but how. And what a way to start your weekend, $40 million richer. Two lucky Sydney siders have won the Powerball jackpot overnight, sharing the $80 million prize. One winner has been identified as a retired grandmother who says she is gobsmacked with the big win, revealing it was her grandson who told her to buy a ticket. Officials have so far been unable to get in touch with the other big winner as they haven't answered their phone as yet. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. To New South Wales and health authorities are on edge waiting for the results of COVID tests from a number of Sydney port workers. It's feared they may have been exposed to infected crew docked at Port Botany. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. Yeah, Tasha, COVID scare here in Sydney with nine port workers being tested for the virus after they were exposed to an onboard a ship that docked at Port Botany. It comes after health authorities in Vanuatu confirmed 12 of 13 crew members on the bulk liquid ship from Papua New Guinea, where case numbers continue to soar, have tested positive. The ship docked in Sydney on March 31 and 15 Sydney wharfies helped unload liquid gas from the vessel. Six of them have tested negative but but the others are waiting for their test results to come back with fears they could have been spreading the virus in the weeks since. And to Victoria, the number of mass vaccination sites will double in the state from today in a bid to rapidly boost the number of people getting COVID jabs. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne with the details. That's right, Tash. The new sites are opening at Heidelberg, Sunshine and also Ballarat in regional Victoria, bringing the number of high-volume centres here to six. Earlier this week, we had the Royal Exhibition Building, the Convention and Exhibition Centre and the former Geelong Ford Factory open to all Victorians who qualify under Phase 1A or 1B of the rollout. Anyone eligible will be able to receive the AstraZeneca vaccine at these sites. Also, from May the 3rd, any Victorian over the age of 50 can receive the AstraZeneca vaccine at any of Victoria's mass vaccination sites. That's after Canberra decided yesterday to bring forward the date for all Aussies over 50 to get their shots. The government says phone bookings are recommended for those high-volume sites, but walk-in jabs are also available. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we are joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Good morning, Scott. Now, as we mentioned, the Global Summit is underway, and this is a very interesting twist in this story. The Swiss bank UBS is cutting back on lending for coal. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It's a fascinating story, isn't it? For all of the government decisions or non-decisions going around at the moment, it looks like the big guys, in particularly the banks, continue to ratchet back on what they're prepared to lend for in this climate space. And frankly, there's two parts going on here. The first is UBS and others are getting plenty of pressure from customers, shareholders, activists to be a little bit more environmentally friendly. The other thing, quite frankly, is they're looking at their own exposure and saying, hang on, if climate policies do change, if these companies are no longer required, their coal no longer required, 
we've got massive debts to these mobs and they may not be able to pay it back. So whether you're hard-headed commercial or hoping to save the planet in either, in either case, UBS having to make some hard decisions now to make sure it puts itself in the right position moving forward. Looks like a step in the right direction. Also today, Scott, uh, just as AGL announced plans for a radical breakup of its business, the company's CEO has resigned effective immediately. So this seems it was quite sudden. Yeah, that's right. Brett Redmond, the AGL CEO, is leaving his post. Has already left his post effectively. It is really, really rare that CEOs leave effective immediately. Normally, there are six or nine month transition period. The CEO stays around to help the new guy or new girl. That that process is pretty common in corporate Australia. When they resign effective immediately, generally speaking, the market can assume that it wasn't it wasn't a good decision, and that the, basically the CEO and the board decided they couldn't work with each other or didn't want to work with each other. We don't yet know the full gory details of this one, but AGL's in the middle of that breakup, as you mentioned, separating out its so-called green business, so its retail general retail um, sales business. They were trying to make that carbon neutral from its energy generation business, which we just talked about, coal, plenty of carbon emissions there. They were trying to separate those two to give investors a choice. Brett Redmond saying he can't see that through. No more details yet, but uh, safe to say there's more going on. And the company's shares fell about 4% yesterday as a result. I'd say watch this space. Also today, Scott, trucking hell. What do you mean by that? <laughs> trucking hell. So this was a headline of the AFR, which I quite like. I mean, the headline's wonderful. Sometimes it must be great to get a sub-editor and get to write these headlines. The bad news, though, unfortunately, that sits behind this is that uh, they, WA wheat farmers can't find enough truck and train drivers to actually get their wheat to port. So, you know, it was only six months or so we were worried about unemployment, maybe hitting 10, even 15%, according to some Treasury estimates in the worst of the COVID pandemic. Now we're down at 5.6%, give or take. And frankly, there are businesses, we know that the fruit picking businesses have struggled to get workers. It seems like in the West at the moment, WA in particular, they simply can't get drivers to get the wheat to port. And this is not, this is not the sort of product you can live on the shelf forever, right? It's got to get to the market. And there are customers wanting this. And with this is right now, straight out staff shortage. They're trying to find people to get in the trucks, get in the trains. They can't do it. So it's uh, good news for the economy in the sense the labour market is improving. Bad news if you're a wheat farmer. Yeah, difficult for so many producers, Scott, who are struggling to find staff at the moment. We want to end the week on a good note. You've got some great news about the tax cuts for low and middle income earners. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take half a step back. It is wonderful news if you're one of those low and middle income earners, so I'm not going to take that away. It's going to cost the budget $7 billion, though, so these things don't come free. Now, you can just you can argue those tax cuts are probably justified, and I wouldn't necessarily even disagree with you there, but there is a budget impact. This is the low and middle income earner tax offset. Try saying that three times quickly in the morning. <laughs> it's a it's a story of where we got basically got these tax cuts for the last couple of years. They were supposed to be temporary until the government's legislated tax cuts came into effect this July 1. Now, they brought those forward because of the pandemic, but they left that income of a tax offset in place, and it was basically going to roll off, which would have cost low-income earners up to $1,080. Middle-income earners it drifted down from $1,080 to about $250, depending on how much you're earning. But in any case, it was supposed to end at the end of this financial year. The government, apparently, we haven't had official confirmation just yet, but the papers are reporting the government is going to extend that, partly out of the goodness of their hearts, partly, frankly, for the votes. Uh, but either way, we'll keep some of that money in our pockets next year. I think it's always about the votes, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about the votes. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Panthers were sensational last night with the juggernaut beating the Knights. Yes, they were. Good morning, Tash. Uh, their seventh straight win in a row, but not without some resistance from uh, Newcastle. They were right in the game toward that second half before Dylan Edwards broke through for a try in the 67th minute. Brian Toa finished things off to break down that stubborn Knights defence. Coach Ivan Cleary, well, he feels that the Knights are the latest team to try and slow them down with some of their tactics at the play of the ball. I thought the Knights did a really good job in hanging in there, disrupting us. Like, I think they were like five, tackle one, six against in the first half, so that's clearly a tactic. Play the balls was so slow tonight. So perhaps a little bit of a dig there. Now, the Knights have been undermanned for some time, but they do expect Edric Lee and Lockie Fitzgibbon to return next weekend. We've got two Queensland teams in action tonight. The Titans hosting the Rabbitohs before the Broncos meet the Eels in Darwin. Now, just on the Broncos, Kevin Walters insists an NRL Integrity Unit investigation won't impact contract negotiations with Katoni Staggs. He's being looked at for an incident at a Brisbane pub over Easter, but Walter says that talks over that new deal will still push ahead. In the next week or two, it's a big decision for Katoni and for the Broncos as well on whether he, he stays or, or goes, but I'm very confident that we can hang on to Katoni. So the Eels and Broncos tonight in the top end, Tash. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. And to the AFL now, Brett, who will decide the future of Collingwood coach Nathan Buckley? Well, it won't be the new president, Mark Corder. He's vowing to be less hands-on than uh, Eddie Maguire, who, of course, he uh, takes over from and says he won't be making a decision regarding the future of Nathan Buckley. He'll instead leave the coach's contract up to football manager Graham Wright, who is a Magpies legend, played in their 1990 premiership, but came back from the Hawks this year. So his first season back at Collingwood and their CEO, Mark Anderson. Now, Buckley himself says that it's never been the president's call to make, even under Eddie Maguire. Probably a chance to sort of set that record straight. Like Eddie doesn't appoint the senior coach or the president and the board appoint the CEO who appoints the director of footy who makes the decisions about the football program. Yeah, I reckon Eddie had a, a fairly big say in it though. Round six gets underway tonight in the nation's capital. We've got the Giants and the Bulldogs resuming hostilities. They share a great rivalry started in the 2016 preliminary final and Dogs coach Luke Beveridge has been looking forward to tonight's game. We've had some great battles over the years and you know we look forward to every week but there's no doubt that these games against GWS it is a it's probably a fresh rivalry in the competition that uh, I think everyone embraces. Now the dogs are a bit like the Panthers they're unbeaten they've been rolling on five straight wins to start the season not afraid to make changes at selection though five of them in fact uh, Steph Martin returns in the ruck Jordan Sweet dropped after just one game his debut last week against the Suns Caleb Daniel returns to uh, their defence so uh, mouthwatering game tonight the Giants have won two in a row bit slow to start the season Tash but uh, always highly competitive when the Giants and the Bulldogs go head-to-head. Love a great weekend of sport. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country this Friday morning as we head into the beautiful weekend. Brisbane, sunny 25. Sydney, sunny with possible smoke haze again this morning, top of 22. Shower or two on the way for Melbourne, 17 degrees. Very chilly start to the day for Canberra, reaching a top of 18 today. Cloudy and 15 for Hobart, possible shower and 20 degrees for Adelaide. Partly cloudy and 28 for Perth and mostly sunny with a beautiful high of 35 for Darwin. 
And how's this for a feel-good Friday story? Sue Freeman from Canberra is living proof of why it's never too late to chase your dreams. At 63 years young, DJ Sue, as she's known, is taking the world by storm after a video of her spinning tracks went viral online. With 10 years' experience under her belt, Sue is defying stereotypes, playing everything from 90s R&B to pop. She's told Nine the social media attention has been unexpected, but she loves bringing joy to others with her music. I just um, have never had anything, of course, happen like this in my life. And this last week, last few days, has just been a whirlwind. Oh, bless. Well done, Sue. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen with our brand new talk show, Australia Today, with Steve Price by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.